Happy Wednesday, everyone, and welcome back to Unbothered. Today, I'm going to be giving you my top 10 teams in the NFL. Now that they were post-free agency, we're post-draft. A lot of these teams, this is how we're going to look until the preseason starts. Depending on what news happens in training camp injuries or anything that comes up, uh, will change my preseason rankings or my you know top 10 teams before the season starts, but this will be the last iteration until then. So post-free agency, post-draft top 10 teams. And there's been a lot of quarterback chatter about who's the best in the NFL. I give you my definitive top 10 list right now as well for QBs. And then I'm going to talk about Lakers, Warriors. Uh, big one last night for the Lakers getting that uh, 1-0 lead. Heat, Knicks. Then tonight, 76ers, Celtics. To me, a must win for the Celtics. And then I'm also going to talk some Suns Nuggets. Is the sun setting? But let's get started with the NFL. And just a note before I get into my two top ten lists. Is today Aaron, or Randall Cobb, signed with the New York Jets. And I think this is a is a good signing. A lot of people are sold on Randall Cobb signing with the Jets. But guess what? Randall Cobb is one of Aaron Rodgers' best friends um, in the NFL. He was on the uh, wish list of guys along with Alan Lazard. And Randall Cobb, you know, is joining a very good, I think, Jets receiving group, receiving core. Uh, and he'll, he'll probably be uh, one of the latter ones on the list, you know, that they traded Elijah Moore. I expect him to co- cut Corey Davis. I don't know why they didn't, considering they could have saved some money cutting him. Uh, but you're going to have Garrett Wilson ahead of him. Uh, you're going to have, who you know, who won Offensive Rookie of the Year. You'll have Alan Lazard ahead of Randall Cobb. Uh, Nicole Hardman. Uh, so those are their top three wide receivers right there. And then Randall Cobb fighting for that fourth fifth spot with, you know, Denzel Mims. But it just gives Aaron Rodgers another target. Uh, you know, maybe it's a key third down. He trusts Cobb to run a play. Uh, you know, get open on the third or fourth string cornerback. Uh, you know, I think that'll be useful. Again, just being in the room uh, will be nice as well. So I think that is a good signing. And, again, veteran presence. And I just love this Aaron Rodgers with the Jets so far. I know it's been short, but I love it. Uh, I think I can kind of tell the disconnect there, I mean, with the Packers, because he's fully engaged in New York. In the city, he was going to Rangers games. He's been to both Knicks games with, you know, Sauce Gardner and Brees Hall and, you know, Alan Lazard. You know, he's having a great time. Uh, I think the team has really embraced him. Robert Sala, uh, Joe Douglas, Woody Johnson. Uh, they love him. I think they're about direct communication, too, something he said uh, he wished the Packers did more of. Uh, and I think they fully embraced Aaron Rodgers, and it's kind of like this home feeling already with Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers likes it. He said yesterday he plans on being uh, to more than half of the offseason workouts for the New York Jets, and that's like more than what he's done combined the past five years with the Packers. Uh, so it shows that he's integrating with the team. He wants to get to know the players, like I said, going out to other events, you know, with the young players as well. Uh, you know, this to me, it's, it's early. It's very early. 
but they're meshing it to be like a tight-knit group, which is something, you know, for teams want to see chemistry purposes, uh, you know, locker room teammates. So I'm all for that, especially, uh, you know, the most recent example, you know, not Russell Wilson. He was a joke. Uh, but Tom Brady, who won a Super Bowl switching, and even Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup had a great relationship off-season practice film-wise. Tom Brady was out there practicing in the parks during COVID, you know, with the offense and everything, wanted to get to know them, had people over to his house. And, I mean, he was fully integrated right after his free agent signing with Tampa Bay. So I like, you know, this, what Aaron Rodgers is doing. He's following what the winners did. He's not following Russell Wilson and getting an office, you know, in the second floor away from the players, his own personal people in the building. Uh, the Broncos and Aaron Rodgers, or the Broncos and Russell Wilson did it the wrong way. Uh, the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, I believe, are doing the right way. Again, that will um, be noted once the season starts what really happens. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to this NFL season with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. So then, uh, now, with that being said, uh, I also want to talk about, actually, before I get into my top 10 list, another thing. Uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill, if you remember last year when, this is just a side note, you know, since I saw this story just pop up, is Malik Willis was drafted by the Titans, and, you know, Ryan Tannehill made this stink about it, saying, you know, he's not here to train anybody or help anybody out. He's going to do him. So then, of course, you know, with this pick, uh, the Titans selected Will Levis, and, uh, you know, he said it's kind of deja vu uh, from last year, and, you know, kind of take took, take the same stance that, you know, my job is to win football games. That's what I'm trying to do as players. You can control what you can control, and that's doing the best you can. So, again, I don't think he's happy about it. I think we're trying to push Ryan Tannehill out the door. I don't think he can take a hint either. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think Ryan Tannehill is that great of a quarterback. Obviously, the Malik Willis situation didn't work. We'll see how Will Levis does. But now time to get into my top 10, or top 10 teams, rather, in the NFL. So let's start with number 10. Number 10 is the Baltimore Ravens. They're number 10 because they resigned Lamar Jackson. They kept one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. At their disposal, what else did they do? Oh, they got OBJ. They drafted Zay Flowers. They're trying to help out Lamar. Uh, I think uh, the defense took a big step, you know, once they traded for Roquan Smith. And Mike McDonald is the defensive coordinator first year. I uh, got more involved. So I think this defense will continue to be good this year if the offense can stay healthy. Now, that's a big if with Lamar and OBJ. If they can stay healthy... That can be a top offense and a top 10 team in the NFL, no doubt about it. I've got them at number 10. Number 9, Los Angeles Chargers. They had a melt, uh, epic meltdown in the playoffs in the wild card against the Jaguars, if you remember. Uh, not really the fault of Justin Herbert because it's not like he was throwing pick sixes and interceptions. I blamed it on the defense and the play calling of said head coach, who I don't think is good at all, Brandon Staley. 
but I think the Chargers, again, Justin Herbert is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, they got good weapons in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. They also drafted a wide receiver and uh, Quinton Johnston drafted other wide receivers as well. Uh, they hired uh, Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator. Well, I think getting Brandon Staley away from the offense, getting that stink stench and stink of him away from Justin Herbert, but better. Uh, Kellen Moore did great with Dak Prescott. Uh, so I think a much better quarterback than Justin Herbert. I like this Chargers team moving forward. Number eight, the Detroit Lions. Now, the Detroit Lions are on the up and up. I have no problem putting them here. At number eight, they've had a great offseason, addressed their secondary needs, getting C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Emmanuel uh, Mosley, Cam Sutton, addressed it. Uh, you know, the team looked really good at jump last year. Dan Campbell is a, uh, is a great coach. So I think this team uh, will do great another year. I think the draft, they had an interesting draft, not the best draft. I believe they made some great day two picks. We'll see how those first rounders, if they hit on those two, if Jack Campbell can be a premier off the ball linebacker, uh, and Jameer Gibbs can be an Alvin Kamara 2.0 or even close to that, uh, the Detroit Lions will be set up for success with all the youth that they have. Number seven, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, to me, the most talented and best roster devoid of quarterback. Uh, you know, they used their draft picks on Christian McCaffrey. That turned out well. They also have Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Trent Williams. The offense is stacked again outside of quarterback. And then on the defensive side, uh, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead in free agency. They added the best defensive lineman, Javon Hargrave from the Eagles, uh, to pair with them. So it's just a treasure chest of riches on the defensive line. They still got Fred Warner and Hufanga at safety. I mean, this team, is, again, is stacked. Uh, if they had a legitimate quarterback, they'd probably be number two on my list. Number six, the Buffalo Bills. This is where having quarterback helps, and Josh Allen is one of the best ones in the business. Buffalo is a fantastic team, I believe. Let down against the Bengals, but the Bengals, again, are another great team and are just better than the Bills. Uh but that's neither here nor there. But Buffalo Bills are at six. Josh Allen, uh, they drafted Dalton Kincaid in the draft. Again, I really like uh, as well uh, to pair with Dawson Knox and Stephon Diggs. Uh, Leslie Frazier stepped away from defensive coordinator. I think that's good. Uh, he has a very solid defense, but it's not a terrific defense and kind of folds in big moments under uh, the postseason, I believe him stepping away, if they can get some youth there, that energizes them by Miller coming back from injury will help them as well. Now sliding down to my top five with number five, the New York Jets. Yes, the New York Jets traded for Aaron Rodgers, their biggest weakness. Now they have a player I thought was one offensive rookie of the year if he didn't get injured in Brees Hall. And then they have the offensive rookie of the year, in uh, Garrett Wilson, they added Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, uh, added some offensive linemen in the draft. Uh, defense, uh, they have defensive rookie of the year, Sauce Gardner, Robert Sala, who I think is a good coach as well. So the pieces are right there for them to gel, uh, and I think this can be a good team 
in one of the better teams in the league next year. Number four, the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, I'm putting the Dallas Cowboys here at four. Uh, we'll see. I had a big loss of Kellen Moore. But outside of that, uh, Dak Prescott, Amari, or not my dad, uh, C.D. Lamb, back together again, same page. Like that group, um, they cut Ezekiel Elliott, who I'm fine with because Tony Pollard with the most with the more explosive back. They also drafted Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State, who I think is an absolute baller to complement him. And then on the defensive side of the ball, uh, they got uh, Trevon Diggs, who improved his task coverage. They added to find Gilmore uh, as well. So I think this team is good. They're always around the 12, 13 wins. It's just getting to the conference championship, something they haven't been able to do in 28 years. Number three, the Cincinnati Bengals. I put the Bengals here at three. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, uh, T. Higgins. That's not necessarily what they did uh, in free agency because they didn't do it in time. You know, they did get uh, the best tackle in free agency, Orlando Brown, uh, which was huge there. And then. On the draft, they drafted D.J. Turner, my corner out of Michigan, who I love and had a great combine. I think that was a great draft move. And I think he can replace an Eli Apple. Eli Apple is like a less dumb version of Dylan Brooks, but he's not somebody the Bengals need on their team. Not a winner. Number two, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, once again, had the best draft. They re-signed Jalen Hurts. Mega contract, but somehow less guaranteed than both Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson, who he's better than both of. So that's a big deal right there. And then they got uh, DeAndre Swift from the Lions. Again, the draft, the Georgia boys, the Keeley Ringos, the Jalen Carters, Nolan Smiths. This team's going to be very good next year. They are poised for another Super Bowl run, I believe. And number one, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're defending Super Bowl champions. Can't take anything away. As long as they have the best quarterback, best tight end on their roster, uh, you can fill in the other wide receiver in positional uh, pieces. You know, they sign an offensive lineman. will be locked for Lando Brown. And then they draft players on defense as well for just rotational depth. So I got Kansas City at number one until uh, – Otherwise, until somebody knocks them off or other impressive showing once the regular season starts. Now time for my top 10 quarterback list in the NFL. Number 10, Dak Prescott. Uh, Dak Prescott slipped this year uh, due to um, him throwing so many interceptions. I mean... Led the league in interceptions this year, and he only played 12 games. Very turnover-prone. I'm worried about that moving forward with no Kellen Moore. Uh, but when you look at the quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, you know, and really look at the team's rosters and the thing, I think there's only, uh, like, eight elite quarterbacks I just kind of had to throw in, nine and ten. Because when I look at Dak Prescott, it's I don't think Derek Carr is better than Dak or Daniel Jones, or Deshaun Watson, or Tannehill. I just don't, so I have to put Dak there. Number nine, Jared Goff. Again, I think he's better than uh, 
Dak, especially this past year, he put up great numbers. Pro Bowl should have been selected for Pro Bowl. Was snubbed. Had a fantastic year. And he's still on the younger side as well. Uh, so I think Jared Goff, you know, is a really solid quarterback. So now when we get to eight, we move up from, you know, just solid quarterbacks like the Dax and the Jared Goffs in the world to game changers, to Lamar Jackson on your team at number eight. He's a game changer. Uh, the Really the dual threat, the speed uh, that he has, uh, you know, improved his passing last year before a season was cut short. I thought was putting together an excellent campaign before his entry. Number seven, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, first year, uh, it was the second year last year, but his first year with a real head coach in Doug Peterson. Offensive system, a player that bought in on him, uh, was consistent. Again, and Doug Peterson unlocked another level to Trevor Lawrence, and I thought was really good. And the reason I put Trevor Lawrence above Lamar is the higher upside, the youth on his side, the less injuries, the cannon of an arm, uh, that skill set there, I got to put Trevor Lawrence at seven. At six, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' note does not make my top five. This is not a career list. This is kind of top ten quarterbacks right now in the NFL. Uh, and I think Aaron Rodgers, justifiably so, is at number six. Uh, coming off back-to-back MVP seasons, and this season uh, sort of dipped. Um, but I still think, you know, it's not like his arm velocity left him or the speed or the touch or anything like that. He did throw more interceptions. Uh, and I think he was also kind of done with Green Bay. Uh, and we'll see if a renewed life in New York brings about a more resurgent season uh, from a man we're capable, can know, can win Super Bowls and MVPs. Number five, Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jalen Hurts deserves to be in the top five ahead of the other five because of the season that he had. Uh, would have won MVP if he did not get injured. Uh, outplayed Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl in uh, every other quarterback basically on the run. To the playoffs, Jalen Hurts was phenomenal. Last year, he accounted for 30-plus touchdowns, low uh, turnover ratio as well. Uh, Jalen Hurts was fantastic last year. He's ascending, and I think he can can still unlock more as well. Uh, So I'm looking forward to what Jalen Hurts can do. Number four, Josh Allen. Uh, Josh Allen, terrific quarterback. Made one too many mistakes for me uh, last year, but to me, he is the best. You know, when you talk about dual threat, uh, he can really run the ball. He runs the ball hard as well, uh, takes it north and south. Uh, to me, he's got like the most cannon, best arm in the NFL. Uh, the strength he can put out of the zip, the touch, uh, I think he's great. Again, it's the turnovers. They probably dropped him from where he was, I think, two when he started in my quarterback list last year. But Josh Allen uh, is fantastic. Nothing against him. Uh, I hope he can play with more of a chip on his shoulder this year uh, and really get things rolling for the Buffalo Bills. Number three, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert moves up. I love watching Justin Herbert play. Uh, He might be my favorite quarterback to watch play. Uh, And he just makes throws no one else can make, simply put. Uh, Patrick Mahomes even acknowledges it as well. Like, you know, when he talks about Justin Herbert, there's some throws he makes that I wish I could do. And there are uh, just moments that he has in certain games where I'm just amazed and wowed by. 
Uh, he's great. The reason he's not high, of course, is the team success just plays a role in it. Uh, so, again, not winning a playoff game, I can't have him ahead of the next two. But I believe this year is the year Justin Herbert wins a playoff game. And then we get to number two. Top two quarterbacks in the league. Number two, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. He's just great. Uh, yes, you can contribute that to some of the weapons around him, but you got to make the throws. And Joe Burrow can make all the throws as well. Uh, the completion percentage has been like the best since he's entered the NFL. High passer rating and QBR as well. Joe Burrow knows what he's doing with the football, knows how to protect the football, makes the right reads. And he, if there's a third and five, he's not afraid to scramble for you know the five yards and get the first down. So Joe Burrow. I have at number two, he's led the team to the Super Bowl. Uh, back-to-back AFC Championship games. Uh, is 4-1 and one against Patrick Mahomes in his career as well. So I'll give Joe Burrow that. Number one, though, is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, can't take anything away from Patrick Mahomes, and I wanted to do this list too. Because uh, when I talk to my brother, he thinks I hate Patrick Mahomes. And that's not true. If you've been listening to my podcast, I've been... Number number I've been the OG Patrick Mahomes saying coming out of the draft in college and all that I've been high on Mahomes, uh, but yeah I'm putting the rumors to rest. If there was any, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. He proved that in the Super Bowl. He made the right throws, the right reads, high quarterback rating, passer rating. Uh, he can make the impromptu stuff, the uh, off the left leg, you know, left-handed throws. He can. Do Harlem Globetrotter stuff with the football. He's phenomenal to watch, kind of annoying to watch because of how good he is play. But I got Patrick Mahomes there at number one. So next up for any NFL news with the draft being done, uh, what do NFL fans have to look forward to next of all? To me, the biggest thing is the NFL schedule. And that's actually scheduled to be. May 11th, so a week from Thursday. Um, and, you know, you can look at the opponents, but the schedule will be finalized till then. And that, again, is something I'm looking forward to a lot because, you know, you just look at one team's opponents. Like, I just happened to look at the Chiefs. I didn't look at everyone's opponents. But the Chiefs play, of course, their AFC West, so it's Vashant, Payton, Broncos. Let's see if they have a better year. Uh, the Raiders with Jimmy G, Justin Herbert, and the Chargers. But then they also play the Bills, who I think, you know, was in my top 10 teams. Bengals in my top 10 teams. Tyreek Hill returns as well with the Dolphins. They play the Lions, the Eagles, Aaron Rodgers, and the Jets. So uh, the schedule is going to be very interesting when it's revealed to see the primetime games, all that. I'm looking forward to it. That gets dropped next Thursday. Now it's time to move on to the NBA. Last night couple NBA games. First one I want to start with is, of course, the Lakers-Warriors. I predicted the Lakers to make the conference final, so of course, I said they were going to win this series. I think they were going to win game one, and I can tell that the you know, rest did play a role because their starters were able to play that fourth quarter, and they played great. Anthony Davis, 11 of for 19. 30 points, 23 rebounds, 5 assists. I believe they said the only other players last night were like Wilt Chamberlain, uh, Shaq, and Elgin Baylor to ever do that. He was phenomenal. LeBron James added a double-double of his own 22 points. 
11 rebounds. Uh, D'Angelo Russell also was in double figures. Austin Reeves, Dennis Schroeder, the whole team was great. They didn't have one player in the minus yesterday. They were all pluses. That speaks volumes. Uh, but then you looked on the Warriors side. Steph Curry was Steph Curry, 27 points. Clay Thompson was making threes as well, uh, 25. Not that efficient, though. 9 for 25, so again, the efficiency. But you look at the worst player last night on the Warriors, it was Draymond Green. Draymond Green was a minus 8. He had a triple single, 6 points, 7 assists, you know, 4 rebounds, 3 blocks. So he wasn't great. Kevon Looney had 23 rebounds. He had a double-double, uh, 10 points, 23 rebounds. But Kevon Looney is no match for AD. AD was sensational. Uh, Golden State was better from three. Shot four, 40% from three compared to the Lakers' 24. But then you look at the free throws. Lakers averaged 20 more points that way. The rebounds, Lakers out-rebounded them. Uh, blocks, the Lakers had 10 blocks to Golden State's three. Uh, points in the paint, Lakers had 54 to Golden State's 28. Uh, more fouls, of course, on Golden State. Uh, Lakers kind of controlled this game. It's what I expected. Now the biggest question is the next game. You know, game two. Uh, the game before they go back to L.A. How does Golden State respond? L.A. playing on two days rest. Uh, do they need more days rest? Or, you know, is Golden State really in this rhythm now? So we'll see. But this series is going to be great. I still got the Lakers winning this series. Uh, again, AD was dominant. If he continues this, this could be a sweep. Next was the Heat Knicks. Uh, Jalen Brunson was just too much, uh, for the Butlerless Heat. You know, Jimmy Butler because of that rolled ankle. Uh, Brunson had 30 points. Randall had 25. So combined for 55, uh, yesterday. And everybody was there. Carmelo Anthony. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, the crowd was sensational. They were fired up for that next win. That was a needed win, uh, but it was also concerning considering Miami had the lead for a bit, you know, going into that fourth quarter um, until Brunson kind of picked the game over. Uh, so that's something I'm worried about considering Jimmy Butler didn't play. Uh, if he comes back in Miami, don't know how much longer the Knicks will be in the playoffs considering that fact. So even though they won, I'm still worried about the Knicks uh, moving forward. Then tonight there's a big game, one game on, and that's 76ers-Celtics. And I say that's big uh, because the Celtics, again, I talked about them earlier, you know, it's kind of their laziness that helps them lose games, and that's exactly how they lost game one. They were lazy. Uh, how do they respond in game two? Also considering uh, Philadelphia, Joel Embiid just won MVP. I think there's pressure on Joel and his team, considering he's now won MVP. James Harden, former MVP. So they have two MVP winners on their team compared to none for the Boston Celtics. So that puts pressure on him. Now Joel's not healthy, but he got those MVP votes. This is what he wanted. Now is he going to show out and show that, hey, the NBA playoffs – are just as important to me winning MVP? Or am I going to let the Celtics bounce back when I uh, get this uh, win? So 
We'll see. I do think Boston bounces back tonight. I believe they'll play more aggressive. And I like the Celtics to win this game uh, with Joel Embiid playing if he does for sure uh, play tonight, which signs are pointing to him playing. And then last but not least, I want to talk about the Suns and the Nuggets. Nuggets took a 2-0 lead. I thought they would take the 2-0 lead, and it's a big 2-0 lead because to me, with how it looked, the series is effectively over. Now, they don't play till Friday, but the other big news was Chris Paul uh, hurt his shoulder, another, like, stinger, or actually, no, my bad, not his shoulder. His shoulder was a couple years ago. It was his groin. Uh, looks like he'll be out game three, possibly out game four as well. Uh, so they said the earliest might be game five, and I think they're done. Uh, yes, Jamal Murray didn't have a great game, but I said Jokic would. And he certainly did have a great game. Uh, Suns can't climb out of this 2-0 hole because when they lost their first game to the Clippers last series, guess what? Kawhi got injured, whereas Meniscus didn't play, there was no Paul George. So it was kind of expected, whereas the Nuggets, they're high-powered, they're efficient, they're playing well, they won on defense. They helped the Suns to 87 points in Game 2. 87. The Suns shot... 40% from the field to the Nuggets 47, and they shot 19% from three. They were 6 of 31. They were terrible. They only shot five three throws. They were 5 for 5, uh, but Phoenix is not aggressive enough. They don't drive down to the rim to get to the free throw line. Uh, the Nuggets are a better, more complete team, and it's showing, uh, and I'm happy for it. Uh, go Nuggets. Uh, this is what I thought would happen, but the Suns are in trouble. The sun is setting, and, you know, they'll have to look forward to next year and, you know, uh, how they can improve this roster uh, with so much, with it being that top-heavy. We can't really improve it, but you can sign different role-player guys. Uh, but I'm writing officially, uh, out of all the teams left in the NBA playoffs, the one I'm officially writing off is the Phoenix Suns. They are toast. Goodbye, Phoenix. This has been Unbothered. It's been great talking to you. I'll talk to you all later. Bye, everybody.